Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. Let's start with the celebration. Yeah. Okay. Go to my Instagram account at GlazerBooHooHoo, enter a contest that we are doing with Late Grade, win a bunch of dope apparel, win a $100 Ease gift card, or if you live in LA, to Sweet Flower Dispensaries. We've got socks, we've got t-shirts, we've got hats, we've got a water bottle, we've got a stash jar to give away, plus that 100% or $100 credit. 100% of $100 goes to you. <laughs> yeah, at Ease or Sweet Flower, uh, it's a fucking great giveaway. It is. And again... We've got socks. No, I'm just repeating it because you repeated exactly what I said. We've got hats. We've got t-shirts. We've got a water bottle. And the water great. bottle's Nanjine. I think I'm pronouncing it right. Nanjine. So go to Glazer Boo Hoo Hoo. Follow the grid post. I'm wearing a hockey mask that, if you are wondering, it is my very first goalie mask that I did wear in church parking lots in elementary school to learn how to become a really good goalie. That's right. Shout out to Mrs. Bilger, my art teacher who drew the lightning bolts on it. Nice. And shout out to Mary Jane's feet that she put into some crazy symmetrical positions to get the right shoot. So. I was I was trying to make them look cute for the for the IG. And the reason that that post is at Glazer Boo Hoo Hoo is because at Weed and Grub is uh, under review, evidently, because Instagram fucking sucks. And we have a backup account at Weed and Grub Pod for you to check out right now. We are working on getting Weed and Grub back, but why not have two? Why not have two? Why not I'm both? talking with Anonymous... <laughs> I'm talking with um, my. F- I'm talking with um, Angelina Jolie from Hackers. Yep. I'm also talking to who played Shaggy in Scooby Doo. Matthew I, Lillard. I'm talking to Matthew Lillard, okay, who was great. also in Hackers. I put in a call to Johnny Depp just because. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> I figure he's taking calls nowadays, right? Yeah, he's. Got what else that. is he doing? <laughs> he's doing a cologne ad where he like carries a shovel. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's so strange. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully he can help us get our IG back. What's up, Johnny? Yeah. Come on the podcast. You know you want to. I would have a good time with him on the. podcast. Who wouldn't, you know? Yeah. You talk about all sorts of crazy shit. Well, let's move on to other things. All right. What up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? Good. Welcome to our podcast, everyone. This is a podcast about comedy. Cannabis. Cooking. Culture. Calling shit out. And uh, social media being assholes. Wow. Or or more than that, it's not about that. It's about great guests and a good time. But I just had to get that out because I'm feeling a little hot under the collar. Yeah? Yeah, a little hot. This is a spicy weed and grub, a eh? A little spicy. Yeah. Spicy in terms of recipes and books coming out and spicy in terms of <laughs> you just feeling a little prickly. I was feeling a little fucking prickly. Well, Mercury was in retrograde until yesterday. And, you know, I never pay attention to that stuff. But maybe it makes a little bit of sense that things have felt a little wee-wee-wonk. Whittle whittle. I don't know. Yeah, I can't. I know you can't. It just takes free will away for me. Right. The idea of like the everlasting, <laughs> unknown, ever expansive, we don't know anything about it space right. is why my bed broke and a, yeah. I got a ticket. You know? I, yeah, I do like that you you have that whole fucking bit. I'll do it on here. I'm yeah. shameless. Yeah, let's hear it's it. It's just the idea that like if you don't believe in science, like you, it, it, there's a division between like mysticism and science right now. Yes, and m- mysticism means you want me to blame space for everything, sure. and other people are like science doesn't exist. And my whole point is, you we will never imagine if Joe Biden was asked about the seven hundred thousand tragic deaths that are due f- 
from fucking COVID. And his response was like, fucking Virgos, man. You right. Know, it's, you know how Mercury gets sometimes. Shit like, wasn't aligned. Yeah, dude. And yeah. so that's the point of the joke. And I, I just find, I find the idea of like Mer- Mercury in retrograde, like I can't give it too much credence because it takes away from my ability to make choices. Sure. I think, well, you and I had this conversation very high one night, so I don't know if I'm going to remember all of it correctly, but I remember laughing really hard about it because you were taking that stance as you were working on that bit. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, but something like the Farmer's Almanac, which actually is the sun and the moon and the stars and the seasons and is in touch with the rotation of the earth and all those pagan ideas of being in touch with nature and believing that you can you know, forecast what's to come because you are actually paying attention to the sun and the moon and the stars can fucking predict very fucking accurately when you should plant shit and when you should harvest shit and like how your apples are going to be that year. So how do you like them fucking apples? And that shit's based on space. (laughs) I love that. But my pushback against that Mm -hmm. is that that is um, science. Right. That is like using the sun and the moon and the stars to understand soil nutrition and how to grow things scientifically. But it's by paying attention to the sun and the moon and the stars. Right. But Mercury in retrograde is always an explanation for like shit, bad shit happening. Right. And there's like... (laughs) Like you got a parking ticket because Mercury is in retrograde. So like I need, I need, I need Mercury science that will show me the data the same way that if you plant this crop in August, it will be popping the most. Right. Like what actually is the science behind Mercury being in retrograde? What doesn't, like what is proof? What's the data? What actually doesn't work? Because we all know, yeah, for sure, especially in a place like Los Angeles where you're like, Ah, fuck, I just, you know, like... I'm all for manifestation. I have a vision board. We make them every year. looking at my vision board right now. You got me an amazing candle about manifesting your dreams. I'm I'm all about it, but I also have never seen anyone win an Oscar and be like, I'd like to thank the House of Intuition for giving (laughs) me the the tools to create an award-winning performance. It's always bad shit that is blamed on space. And nobody is ever celebrating the wins of your amethyst in your pocket the way that they are the lows. But you better believe when they go home, they go to their altar and they're like, thank you, blood amethyst. Oh, I bet you are right. Thank you, Illuminati or whatever oh, man, it is. I really but, hope you know. so. I hope so because I would do that too. Yeah. I'm just... I, they're thanking I'm the occult when they it. go home. Mike, they're going into their weird dark room that's like 50 degrees and they're thanking whatever cult they belong to that yeah. got them that Oscar. They're wearing a fucking owl head and then going to whatever that park <laughs> is where the government hangs out every year to decide all of our fates. That's right. Yeah. I bet that's the, that's the thing is like, if I were to... A real good deep, I would be like the Illuminati created Mercury in retrograde to <laughs> to control us all. Control us all. Oh man, it's such a funny, like weird thing now too. That like the 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 sort of like the hippie movement and the people who were the most connected to Earth are now weirdly um, in this pandemic time. They're the the like aligning themselves with the anti-vax community and all these sort of like yeah. anti-vax live off the land survivalists are taking over a lot of the mantle of that free thing hippie movement in the 60s that I do find so much in common with and it's just this weird new evolution I just it's fascinating there are all of these op-ed pieces about it that explain it to super in depth and that's really interesting as like people and propaganda um try and take down the idea of stoner culture Mm -hmm. but then you can immediately just like mad lib 
that vibe mm-hmm. into something that's happening today that is being celebrated and touted as actual fact. Very fucking fascinating. <laughs> wow. We are good at this. <laughs> I'm so excited about this episode because we we had a, such a great conversation with our incredible guests, Matt and Michelle from Bad Manners. And I want to kind of get to it because it was such a cool convo. Oh, okay. But well, we, let's dive right into the news. Yeah, let's get our news segment presented by... OCB. Ooh, it's a spooktacular ad read. You ready? Yes. The Grebla Gazette is presented by OCB Rolling Papers, the largest rolling paper brand in the world crafted naturally since 1918. OCB offers a full line of plant-to-puff papers made with sustainable fibers farmed from within a 500-kilometer radius of their facility in France, which is powered by 100% green energy. In 2020, OCB rolled out America's first ultra-thin, slow-burning bamboo rolling paper and cone. They're even burning, no tear, GMO-free, and vegan. Not all rolling papers are created equal. OCB offers a premium smoking experience that we call Harmony on High. Or this month, Harmony on Horror. Did you say horror or horror? Horror. Horror. Ask for OCB (laughs) wherever you buy your papers and sample the entire line of products. Plus visit OCBUSA.com and follow OCB on Instagram at OCB underscore USA. If you like our pod, please support the people who like us and go check out OCB. They've got great gifts for your whole family for Christmas. Absolutely. And if you live in a place where you can get OCB rolling papers, it's spooky hayride season. I want nothing more than to pack an OCB cone with a little bit of a flower and then go on a haunted hayride. That's right. You know what I'm saying? What a perfect thing to do. Well, our news story is terrifying (laughs) (laughs) in keeping with our spooky Halloween episode. Yeah. Is this my go? Yes. All right. So our news story this week is brought to you by MarijuanaMoment.net, a fantastic fantastic place to get news in the cannabis space. And our news story is that Bank of America canceled the account of a marijuana and psychedelic research institute that is registered with the DEA. Whoa. Yo, okay, diving in. The second largest bank in the U.S. is shutting down the account of research institutes that are federally authorized. It's one research institute, correct? A research institute? A research institute. Yeah, they're not going on like a... Every research institute. (laughs) Fuck you. We're taking down the institute community. (laughs) If you're an institute that researches things, you can no longer bank with us. (laughs) (laughs) Their new commercial is... That's Just driving around with a megaphone. <laughs> Fuck you, researchers. <laughs> so Bank of America, I'm so sorry. They shut down a um, cultivation and, or they, they shut down a research institute that is federally authorized to cultivate and study Schedule One substances like marijuana and psilocybin mushrooms. Yeah. And on top of that, so the name of the research institute is Scottsdale Research Institute, or mm-hmm. SRI. And they just got a letter out of nowhere that just said, after careful review of your banking relationship, this action is final and will not be reconsidered. Just shutting it the fuck down. Shut it down. With like a month's notice, right? Yeah. And after 10 years of banking with them in full transparency, as they've been working with these government agencies Mm -hmm. to do what the government agency is asking of them. Mm -hmm. So I, I guess are like banks private corporations that can just like take a scythe to anybody that they choose like that? Because that's terrifying. They're for-profit entities that are run by, um, yeah, fucking assholes. <laughs> well, this place um, is 
uh, uh, the SRI Institute yeah, is, is by Sue Sisley that you have yeah. a little bit of background on. So I interviewed Dr. Sue Sisley, who runs the Scottsdale Research Institute a few years ago. She's a fascinating researcher and doctor who was one of the first um, clinical researchers to be granted access to study medical marijuana by the U.S. government. And the Scottsdale Research Institute is a clinical trial site that is currently running a phase two study of four different varieties of smoked cannabis for veterans with PTSD. So Dr. Sisley does a lot of work for the, with the veterans community, with um, groups like uh, Weed for Warriors, and uh, she's just an amazing person who, you know, her, her background is that she um, was actually fired from the University of Arizona for, you know, they didn't really say why, but it was you know, ostensibly oh, for nails. her for her weed research. Yeah. And she was granted a, a National Institute on Drug Abuse approval to study marijuana use to treat PTSD in 2014. So she was the first researcher in the United States to be granted this access. And it's just truly shocking that the Bank of America would dare to uh, take this stance because they're on the very wrong side of history at a very strange time when, you know, cannabis is progressing in almost every way toward definitely toward more clinical research and more data. I mean, it's just really strange and backwards of them. So I'm just wondering, you know, what's going on with the upper echelons there at Bank of America? Oh, well, their CEO is, let me find the quote, Uh Satan. Oh, and yeah (laughs) (laughs) just doesn't want any research done into how this plant can help treat ptsd for veterans right right i can make up a bunch of different scenarios where bank of america made this choice but at the end of the day sue and sri Mm -hmm. both said a bunch of banking institutes have reached out we are going to move on and we have contacted the dea to let them know what is going on and we've also contacted the fda to let them know what is going on yeah. so it's not like it's it's a it's an inconvenient hiccup for a larger goal which is to research things like mushrooms and weed mm-hmm. and as get medicine. them out there as medicine so yeah. like you know a bank of america move like this may slow things down but it's not going to stop anyone from being on the right side of this fight it's certainly not and i'm so glad that dr sisley and the sri put bank of america on blast and that marijuana moment has published this story because it's just ridiculous and i think that you know that's what we all have to keep doing if we're getting shut down you know, anyone in the cannabis community, keep shouting about it, keep tweeting about it, keep using whatever platform it is that you have access to to get your voice out there. If it's a blog or a newsletter, or currently I'm a big fan of Twitter because they're not shutting down cannabis content like some other goddamn social platforms are. So yeah, just keep shouting about it, keep using our voices, and we're gonna, we'll, we will get there. I mean, with the tide has been turning for a very long time and now we can feel it rushing towards this new era in which we will have access to plant medicine as a civilization and we just can't let the control fall into the wrong hands like uh you know satan and the bank of america (laughs) yeah that's it 100 percent um there was something else i was gonna say but i don't remember but i do but i don't do i wait remember it Maybe. Oh, yes, I do. Great. Um, it's that we were going to do a Patreon splainer kind of about banking and how that falls into the landscape of cannabis right now. So maybe this is high time ah. to do that because so many dispensaries aren't allowed to 
do banking and it's like a cash game and that gets dangerous. It's like, right. a very sticky situation right now because it's not federally decrim. So yeah, and it leaves a lot of those small businesses as sitting ducks for, you know, targeted robberies. Like a lot of uh, dispensaries were looted during the undercover of the protests last year during the you know after George Floyd's murder and the Black Lives Matter protests were like sweeping the nation. There were several dispensaries that were hit during that time, and you know it was pretty gross because law enforcement was trying to blame rioters and was like, no, this isn't rioters. These are actually people who have been watching these banks, these businesses amass a lot of cash and not have anywhere to be able to put them because they can't safely bank and they know it and they take advantage of these situations. So we should be able to protect these small businesses and these dispensaries and people like Ron Leggett who came on to talk about how he lost everything in one of those robberies. And it's just important. Safe banking is important. Uh, Research is important. Bank of America, go fuck yourself. As someone with Bank of America, mm-hmm. I'm going to say right here, right now, yep. that I'm taking my $18.16 <laughs> and I am moving it yeah. to Chase. No, not no, Chase. To- no, Chase is terrible. <laughs> to- Remember they cha- they closed my account because uh, Donald Trump's uh, $1,200 check bounced, which we actually talk about with uh, Matt and Michelle. Oh, that's right. Right? <laughs> okay. Fuck Chase. I am withdrawing it and buying a Sweet Greens Buffalo chicken salad. Great. Boom. A good use of your $18. There we go. God damn, those salads are good, but they're so expensive. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of that, let's get to our VIBs and then get to bad manners. Let's do it. Do you want to go first or second for our Buds of the Week this week? I'll go first. Okay. Uh, my Bud of the Week is Emily Eisen, who is an incredible artist, model, and photographer. You follow her at Emily Eisen. Uh, her last name is spelled E-I-Z-E-N and I had a photo shoot with her today which was so fun because I've been admiring her work from afar and on Instagram for a while she makes incredible paintings and photographs of all sorts of people in weed and beyond and she's also a model and she creates these beautiful psychedelic bright poppy portraits and I don't know she's just really neat and an exciting artist and it was really cool to work with her and I'm excited to see how the pics come out I can't wait to see them yeah yeah Ooh, I cannot wait to see those photos I feel like you two had great synergy as you were shooting we had a really good time and it was like one of those like you know it all, it all happened so fast. It felt like a dream. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. My butt of the week this week is also a fantastic artist, Whitney Moore, my friend from years ago who I just reconnected with at a birthday party for our friend Chelsea. And she just had a movie come out called Palm Swings that won the best LGBTQ short and best dark comedy at both IndieX and the Independent Shorts Awards Film Festivals. Follow Whitney at Whitney S. Moore on Instagram. There you can watch Palm Swings. It's very good. It's 24 and a half minutes of just fantastic filmmaking by a bunch of friends who believe in their dreams. Awesome. And Whitney's a great follow on Instagram and Twitter and everywhere else as well because she loves punk rock and she loves superheroes and she makes dope horror shit. So there you go. Hell yes. Yeah, I feel like that's a good way to bring in spooky season. Yes, spooky season. Give them both a follow. And follow Bad Manners. Follow Bad Manners. Matt and Michelle are the coolest in the game. They are making amazing uh, books and podcasts and videos and all sorts of stuff. And also they're just like the fucking greatest hang ever. Beams of light. Truly. Who have great dogs. Yes. And a work ethic that is second to none. Inspiring, accessible, and honest. And if you can go pre-order their new book, it's their fourth book, do it 
The link is in our bio. I just fucking love these two people. Me too. I fucking love them. I was so glad we connected with them kind of early on in in the life of our podcast. And and then we went on Forked Up, which is their pod. And it was really cool to revisit them a while later and see this like nascent real empire that they're building in their beautiful space that they invited us into. Michelle made us blueberry time rolls from their new book. The whole thing. Vegan it was like the perfect LA podcast dream hang. They're 100%. gracious and wonderful. And they made us feel appreciated and comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I think that's how we start this interview. So let's get to it. You good? Yeah. All right. Without further ado, here is our interview with... Bad Manners. love on the spectrum if you oh no okay it's brilliant it's brilliant Uh, but this isn't going to be about that all right we're ready ready. everybody who listens is like oh they're still talking about love on the spectrum it's only been two months of episodes five fucking episodes of me being like i'm gonna get tattooed on my body (laughs) what's the what's the mantra again what is it uh well there's two there's uh one which is brave and grateful and the other is appreciated and comfortable and those for me are the four pillars if like if i could just feel all those things all the time for sure i would have a perfect life yeah brave grateful appreciated and comfortable Oh, I have not. Yeah, no, that that all tracks. I, I feel like I would like, maybe full. I'd add full. Full. Yeah. Wait, do you mean spiritually and stomachly? All, I mean, they're the same to me. <laughs> Thanks for hanging with us. Would you just introduce yourselves by name so everyone knows your voice? Yeah, uh, this is Matt Holloway. Um, and I'm Michelle Davis. And we are the uh, co-creators of Bad Manners. That's Good right. food. Yeah. <laughs> with a hot new book dropping November 9th. November 9th. St- I would say a, st- a steaming new book, oh. even. Well, I don't like <laughs> I don't know. It sounds, <laughs> no, it sounds moist. <laughs> no, thank you. Yep. I'm looking at a copy of it right now. Yeah. Brave new meal, fresh as fuck food for every table. That's right. That's it. That's it. November. Yeah. Y'all, we bled for this one. Whew. Yeah, we say should. Say more then. on that. What are you Ooh, talking about? I, so, you know, we had one concept for the book. Not a beer. This is water. <laughs> for, for the audience, just yeah. water. We had a slightly different concept for the book. And then when the pandemic hit, it was like, wait, we're not going to write a book for a world that doesn't exist anymore. So we uh, rewrote the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, we wrote this fucker twice. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah. 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 But I'm glad that we did. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, we definitely is more of the moment because it's more reflective of our experiences in the last year and a half. Yeah, the so. intro of the first version of the book that we wrote, I mean, like, we were really proud of the first Yeah, but version. it's just for a different But it was, it, you know, that was the before times. Right. So completely different yeah. now. Yeah, not that we harp is. on that. On, um, yeah, but, like, we were spraying our groceries yeah, with disinfectant exactly. and I barely remember that time. It's like a <laughs> yeah. crazy separation between them. Yeah. yeah, so it's like I didn't um for that same exact reason. It was like cuz we were focusing initially very much on fresh produce and trying to get people more comfortable with eating fresh vegetables. And which, you know, we still feel very strongly about. But instead, I went through and kind of rewrote these recipes so that you could add frozen, that you could add canned, like you could do all these things because you're making one grocery store run now. You're you're not going like we used to whenever we just needed to pick up a thing or two. You know what I mean? Like you're making that shit count. If you're getting your groceries delivered, you're doing it one time. Like you're not paying all these fees. And so I wanted people to feel that they had choices of a bunch of different ways to make these recipes. Something that we both noticed was in, you know, uh, people have such short term memories 
growing up in Houston my whole life, I'm used to hurricanes. So when a storm's coming, you go to the grocery store, people are panic buying toilet paper, water, food. So when everything fell to shit in like February 2020, both Michelle and I went to different grocery stores and everyone going to the frozen food section, canned goods section, all that shit. Produce was fine. Yeah, nobody. Because no one knows how to cook that shit. Yeah. That's so true. Produce yeah. was untouched. There yeah. were so many apples available. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Wow. I had never had a better deal on apples in my life. Um, but yeah, so we wanted be people to be able to cook with what they could find. Um, and so that's more how we structured this version. And so we have all these different icons, like good for leftovers, good for freezing, um, good to use canned foods, good to use leftovers. Like it's all written in there in the new book um, yeah. because we just wanted to make it easy. It wasn't easy on us to do that. Well, that actually, to, to talk about process a little bit yeah. in sure. this book, did you start with something like the index first? Because those categories are so specific and unique that I've never seen in a cookbook before. Oh, thank oh, thanks. you. Um, yeah, so we kind of start, we always want our cookbooks to feel like kind of a journey through the day. So actually we shoot each um, photo with a different light idea so that the entrees and stuff, that those are e lit for the evening. So mm -hmm. if you look at those photos, but of all our breakfast stuff. Yeah, if you like flip to like the front of the book where the breakfast section is, you're going to notice a lot of that lighting fuels breakfast oh, yeah. Like it feels like morning. <laughs> it's Folgers commercial. Yeah, exactly. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> and then so as, part of waking up. <laughs> as like the book progresses and we get into lunch, you see kind of a higher light, like the sun's higher in the sky. Yeah, and then it, and you know, in the evening it's dark and you can see it in the chapter openers, but we always want to kind of take you through the day. We want to have reoccurrent ingredients. That was one of the things our publisher got really annoyed with us about the first time they published a book with us because they're like, you're using the same things over and over again. I'm like, um, that's the fucking point. Like that's, that's what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, the first time, uh, y'all were joining us on the podcast for mm -hmm. either my birthday or Christmas, Mary Jane got me your cookbook uh -huh. for me to work through over the holidays. Nice. And a, I disagree with your publisher because now I know more ways to use garbanzo beans and mm -hmm. all and kidney beans and mm -hmm. all these different from that first book than Gee. I ever would have experienced. Yeah. Truly, it changed my game. Oh, yeah. But that's <laughs> that's the kind of shit that we love hearing is because even though, and we don't say this anywhere in the book, um, that it's all vegan food. There's no meat, no animal products, no dairy, no nothing. Um, that's not our, like our audience are omnivores who are just trying to eat more plant-based options. So- when we Michelle develops these recipes and she has a fantastic palate, like Michelle's food really shines. But then we 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 nail it down. We'll give it to our friends and family who are omnivores. We don't who give it to vegans. Yeah, yeah, we give it we give it to normal <laughs> fucking people, and we're like, cook this dish and tell me if you have any roadblocks, any questions about ingredients, if there's something you don't understand, how did it turn out? What yeah, did or you if think? you couldn't find something in the grocery store, like tell me, like you know just so that we can reflect that experience. Also, I think I talked about this last time. Um, I worked in a grocery store for 10 years and half of my job was helping people find shit and they would just show me recipes. Be like, I don't know where any of this stuff is. So I like try to <laughs> anticipate those questions. So we're one of the only cookbooks that has like a uh, little asterisks. And you go to like the little footnotes on the recipe and I'll be like, this is near the barbecue sauce. Like, yeah. go look. And it's because I worked for 10 years in the grocery store. There's nothing more irritating than getting home with like a shit ton of parsley when you needed to buy cilantro. Yeah. Yep. You're like, no. <laughs> totally. I wanted to ask about that genesis of, do you start with the ingredients that you love because you don't eat meat and then make them 
uh, you know, sort of like amp them up for people who do love meat? Or do you start with a recipe that might feature meat and then make it It's both. both? It's both. Yeah. Sometimes it's like memories from food. Like uh, in the first book, the chickpea and dumpling soup, that's my Nana's recipe for her chicken and dumplings that I, you know, removed half the butter. Chopped and screwed. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And things like that. But other stuff is really just me being like, I'm having a love affair with eggplant right now. Like, how am I going to like convey this to everyone else? Or just you know, beets are on sale or like, yeah, oh, the beetaroni pizza. <laughs> Yo, when Michelle developed that, um, the entire, uh, like our entire office smelled like pepperoni pizza. And we gave that to our neighbors who are, they're omnivores. And they were like, this tastes like pepperoni, the, the crunch, like everything. They were like, how the fuck is this beets? Like they yeah. could not process it and i don't have a lot of love for beets in my heart so if you guys ever come across a beet recipe that i've developed please know if you think beets taste like dirt i also agree and so <laughs> if i'm giving you a recipe with beets just know it doesn't taste like dirt yeah. <laughs> i have not done that to you <laughs> do not yeah. worry um but, but yeah so much of our recipes they come from all different kinds of places or it's food that i had at a friend's house where i'm like i love this like what did you do um i always just I have a insatiable palate, so I'm always just trying to cook up new things. And there's there's something that we both notice in like a lot of vegan cooking, whether it's a restaurant or a cookbook, that they're essentially taking like um, traditional meat based dishes and they have like a fake you know protein in there. And Michelle's very good uh, at being like that's not the center of the dish. The vegetable should be forward. Yeah, we don't call for um, any pre-made ingredients. The only thing that we call for um, in our books that's like a pre-made sub is like a non-dairy butter and like non-dairy milk. But you won't see me being like, oh, grab your fake cheeses and grab your like, because number one, that's fucking expensive. Nothing like that. Also, nut cheeses, just don't ever say those two words. (laughs) (laughs) It's not okay. (laughs) It's like when I would have to give people directions to stuff because I worked at a grocery store that didn't have numbers on the aisles. And I'd be like, oh, it's near the nut butters. Like, Mm. 75% of the adults be like, <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. and I was like, you're cool. Cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't call for a lot of that stuff because access is not equal. Um, and the quality isn't always there and it's fucking expensive. And so I show you guys how to make everything from scratch. And if you don't have the time or, and you have the money to buy replacements, I trust that you know how to put cheese on something. <laughs> I love that because we were just in St. Louis and I wanted to take Mary Jane to a St. Louis grocery store. Okay. Your hometown, very right? Very different. Yeah. yeah. Fuck it's yeah, man. Fucking different from an LA grocery store. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Like there's like six avocados in a little container <laughs> yep. like, off in the corner of the produce and all of the herbs are pre-chopped in these plastic cups mm-hmm. like portioned out by ounce. And so it's it's a matter of convenience, but it doesn't necessarily like... It, like it's a different type of shop, I yeah. guess is the best way to describe it. No, I lived in Virginia for a while and it's the same thing after growing up in California. I'm like, this produce section. So like they would take all the skin off the onions. So it's like the shiny skin <laughs> of the onions. And this was in every grocery store. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the in the Newport News area of Virginia. It's just shiny onions as far as the eye can see. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? That's crazy. Yeah, but they every- also peel all the fucking bananas. Yeah, <laughs> like it was just like these weird like little produce things where I was like, huh, you know, and then I'm like, oh yeah, of course. And it's just iceberg. And that's fine. But I don't want to uh, discourage people 
from cooking just because maybe their grocery store just ha- doesn't have the selection that we do. So I call for very normal produce. Like in the back of the book, um, we have a produce description section where it's like we talk about all the health benefits of all these different ingredients. But I feel like most books, when they do that, they're like, this is acai and it's good for this. I'm like, no, this is yeah, carrots. This is, this is fennel Car- pollen yeah. that I got at the farmer's <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's no, like, fuck that. No, like, I'm, there's everyday superfoods that like bell like peppers, that. carrots, yeah. broccoli, all that stuff. People, stuff that people are familiar with, but I want you to look at it with fresh eyes and be impressed with it and then actually crave it and want to eat it because uh, you know where to find it. Yeah. <laughs> Did you feel during the, the pandemic that your audience, that your listenership, that your readership changed or grew or was looking to you more for like, please fucking help us? How, how, how are we going to get through this? <laughs> it, um. it, I mean, yeah, 100%. Like there was, it was a combination of things, especially like over the summer. Like, you know, if you guys have heard us on the podcast before, like we were originally Doug Kitchen and we've always been about democratizing food, being more inclusive, like Michelle was just saying, with ingredients and recipes and things like that. So I think that when the pandemic hit and people were, you know, everybody went to like baking first, you know, so everyone was making the fucking sourdough, like fine. Um, they got tired of that pretty quick. So people were like, we saw a spike in our site traffic, just fucking go nuts. And then um, during the rebrand, people were looking at us being like, well, what are you guys going to do next? And we're like, honestly, because both of our personal lives at that time was just such a fucking nightmare. <laughs> Same. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, we all we all I had a that. hard pandemic. Um, but, like, yeah, we were, it was just a lot. And we weren't sure, but we, we you know. We, we would post done. our depression meals and stuff and just be like, hey, this is us doing our best right now. And I, I feel like that content was really relatable that even the people in food who obviously have a huge passion for food. I'm like, I'm eating green beans for the fifth day in a row, guys. I don't know what to tell you. This is where we're at. (laughs) This is what we're doing. And then people were very interactive talking, but they're like, I've eaten only rice and potatoes. Right. (laughs) I mean, when Stanley Tucci is going viral for mixing a Negroni, like it was like some act of God. And you're like, oh my God, people are desperate. (laughs) Help me feel joy. (laughs) Oh God. (laughs) But yeah, it was, um, we put up, um, what was the the thing that we put up on the website to help people cook from their pantries? Oh, um, shit! What was that called? I could. <laughs> we literally, yeah. So this is this is like I think this is after it was right before maybe right after the rebrand is we created a whole uh, section on our website that were like here's like pantry staples and here's how to cook like a few different dishes that are like you know staples. Um, yeah, that you won't. You don't need a bunch of crazy produce like we really you keep talking i'm gonna find it yeah, <laughs> yeah. i still have half a bag of quinoa half yeah. a thing of rice yeah. half a thing of fen- like I, yeah. I have half bags of every that, grain just that was the point of, of us creating that because we're like everyone just bought a bunch of random shit they don't know how to fucking use <laughs> yeah. any of it so like we're going to try and help people like use what they just bought all this random stuff can you also make a section for toilet paper that came half a year later from China <laughs> that it feels weird to use now because I don't know what I'm doing with it. Can I just say, because we're recording this in your studio yes. uh, and I just went to the bathroom and the, the treat was the heated seat. Yeah, that's oh, right. Uh, I was telling Mary Jane when, uh, when, the, when it all happened and people are you know waiting in these long lines for toilet paper, Matt and I, we opted right out of the game. I, no, hang on. First of all, I have been a bidet man for years. <laughs> If y'all are still scraping your asshole with uh, dry toilet paper with, with trees, uh-huh. that is some Neanderthal fucking behavior right yeah. there. We need, we need to move past that. I don't know. It's an American thing. Everywhere else that I've traveled, everyone's like bidets. 
Yeah, like so can- we, Canada, the UK, fucking uh, Central America, South America, bidets everywhere. Yeah, we went to American, uh, Lowe's down the street yeah. and got some bidets, and uh, everybody's got a bidet now. Bidet for you, bidet for you, and bidet I'm not, for you. Yeah, and I'm not saying don't use any toilet paper. I'm just saying you're you're using 90% more than you need. 100%. <laughs> mm-hmm. Especially if you're a wrapper instead of a folder. Oh, it, come on. I mean, Chaos. People, I, would, Chaos. I would love to get into techniques you know, yeah, you're saying like people like, what is this? Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's <laughs> brutal. So, so far we've covered shiny onions and shiny bottoms. Yeah, exactly. I mean, cool. that's, that's if you love funny. yourself. Yeah, <laughs> that's all we need. That's all we need. Um, and we in front of us have our blueberry marble thyme rolls that I made for y'all that okay. I started eating. I'm going <laughs> to dig in because this looks incredible. And I've been gawking at these on your Instagram. So as we I, try them, yeah, can, can you share the? Yeah. So I knew I, I really like um, I don't like overly sweet things. So I wanted to make a jam that had, you know, herbaceous elements to it. So blueberries and thyme came to mind. It worked really well, but I couldn't figure out how to use it. I don't like giving people recipes for condiments with nothing to do with them. Whether you make the roll or not, please make the jam. Yeah. Um, but it's, I hate not uh, going the full way with people. I'm like, why would I just give you a project? So how is this buttery without... Yeah, it's Butter. yeah. This is delicious. Thank you so much. It's like right. so soft fucking and garfy. <laughs> yeah. Crunchy on the top, yeah. but gooey in the middle. Yeah, mm. and I um so it's a enriched dough, like kind of like a hala, and then um you paint one side after you roll it out like a pizza, you paint one side with the jam that you made, fold it over and you cut strips and then tie them in little knots and put them in the baking dish. Um and then you just kind of brush a little extra non-vegan or vegan butter on top with a little bit of thyme. And there you go. But like you could do this for Thanksgiving with cranberry sauce. Yep. You could do it with like a bunch of different and store-bought jam is fine with it. Um, this I made with frozen blueberries, not even fresh blueberries. This feels to me like something you just make for someone that you love. Yeah. It's <laughs> so good. It looks and it, it might look kind of like a long recipe, but honestly, guys, it's most of it is rising and kneading and it's delicious every time. I've made this so many times um, and I really like it. That's why I keep making it. Mm. <laughs> So fucking good. Do you find that a recipe like this, when everybody was struggling to figure out how to make sourdough, um, and and bread seems overly, maybe it's overly complicated, but this, is this hard or is this no, not? I, is I, bread tricky? Bread, I, I think loaves of bread are much trickier than yeasted doughs. Like these kind of doughs, especially when you tie it in not with a jam, like it's supposed to look messy. So you're not going for, the, for this perfection. And Everybody is really used to like a, a high quality, like kind of loaf of bread from the grocery store with that good crust and that aeration and all of that. But most of the rolls that you buy at grocery stores are fucking shit. So start with rolls. You're going to impress yourself. You're going to start understanding yeast and what kills it, what doesn't kill it, and then graduate to making like a harder crust bread. Start with the soft rolls. It's mm-hmm. the way to go every totally. time. Yeah. Was yeast one of the things that you stocked up on? Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. I saw the writing on the wall. Every, everyone running down that bacon aisle grabbing yeah. flour. Nah, like, mm-hmm. wrong ingredient. <laughs> yeah. Get the yeast. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's so funny. Yeah. It's awesome to picture you in like some like game show game <laughs> where everybody went left and you went right and ended oh. up victorious. And I, again, I worked at a grocery store. I was like, you dumb motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. Michelle, there was a uh, a day that we both got back to the office after we had like gone grocery sh- sourcing at that point. <laughs> <laughs> and we came back and like one of the tables where we shoot photography, it was like laid out with like toilet paper, uh, vegetables, and then like 
uh, fucking ammo. And we were just, <laughs> and we, we were just both being like, what do you got? Okay, I got, I got some, uh, some rounds for a nine. All right, I'll take that head of cabbage over there. Like we, her and I were just like divvying shit, shit up. Shit was wild. Yeah. Okay. Shit was wild, guys. Look, look, I'm from Texas. I own guns. I didn't know how fucking south things were going to go. Yes. So, you know, they're, they're, look, I got scared when the government's like, look, we're just going to send checks. I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. The government doesn't just send checks. Things are so much worse <laughs> they than they are telling us. They hate doing that. I don't work at the Pentagon. <laughs> Why are they sending me a check? <laughs> and the irony of that check for me was that it actually froze my bank account while there were like tanks on the corner of my street that like that fucking check yeah. Yeah. bounced. Oh, motherfucker. check bounced for you? <laughs> that fucking check I bounced. I got tracks. That yeah. tracks. <laughs> Very on brand for him. down my account, I was like, motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> as one does. As yeah. one does. Oh, man. I got more cookbook yeah. questions. Yeah, yeah, hey, we yeah, let's get into it. Uh, I'll start with, were there any recipes that did you start with a ton of recipes and then you're going to figure out like the order of them or did you go like, yo, what's breakfast looking like for me? And then go down the line with a bunch of delicious recipes. Um, You know, it's half and half. So it's like I've been cooking all of these things because we haven't published a cookbook since 2016. And so I had a lot of recipes, you know, in the back of my head that I've been working on and a notebook's full of it. So it's like I kind of collect all my source material. Okay, what what is the theme here? Like, what am I looking at? And then I kind of put them all into different categories and see. And then I'm like, oh, there's not enough breakfast, for instance. And I'm like, okay, what can I do? What can I add to kind of make it a well-rounded experience? Because I do want it to be, you know, evenly matched all through. And that's not necessarily always how I end up cooking. Like, sometimes I'm like, just, man, I'm balls deep in soup. Like, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it's just a soup cookbook now. Yeah, that's all it is. I don't like, know how it happened. Yeah. I don't know how it but you um, have breakfast soup happening now. You're making oh, breakfast soup a whole I'm a, fucking thing. Uh, yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying. I gotta I really say, I was suspect of until I tried it. And I was like, you know, this isn't that weird. Like, it's this not is, that weird. It I, has all the flavor profiles that we're used to. You know, like the breakfast potatoes and like, yeah. yeah. And there was like just a little bit of heat to it. Like it was, it was good. I was impressed. Michelle is so fucking good at her job. Like I really can't (laughs) like overstate that. And like (laughs) this process of Michelle (laughs) writing down all the recipes, she's like, okay, like here, you know, here's what I've developed. Here's what I've tested. And then she's like, she's writing them all down. She's like, uh, I think we have two books here. (laughs) Like Like we sent it to the publisher and they're like, you guys have to scale this way back. No kidding. Oh, dude, like we we will never run out of ideas like between Michelle's palette and f- creativity around food and like the photography and just <laughs> My like endless hunger. Yeah, yeah. It's just like we we will never run out. We'll, awesome. we'll be writing books until one of us dies. It's going to be me. (laughs) We got to say something. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to kill him. Yeah. Probably going to be poisoning too. Yeah. I'm just ready for it. See, what she doesn't know is I've been slowly loading poison into my system for years. (laughs) Very clever. Yeah. Now we're sitting here. I mean, this is your fourth book. Yeah. Yeah. Have you identified the pain points for yourselves? Do you know, like, when you're coming up on the thing that's going to really hurt? And, and you sort of know how to uh, attack it or back away from it or give yourself a day off and just know. Like, no. We are terrible. Fuck at- no. I wish. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> We're terrible at taking days off. Um, for us, really, the creation of the book. Um, we both work this weekend. Yeah. Like, we're bad. We're terrible at it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The creation. The the creative process for the book, I think, is really immensely pleasurable for both of us. Mm-hmm. It's. um 
we always just want a lot of feedback, um, you know, and the kind of more successful the books get, the less feedback we get from people, which is the exact opposite of what I want in terms of like our, like from our publisher and things like that. It's like, no, come on, we, like give yeah. me the business. We, like we I send, can't grow. I can't do anything. We send them like a full fucking draft of the book with like, you know, preliminary photography. It's by nowhere is it done, you know? Mm -hmm. And they'll reply a week later, looks great. <laughs> and I'm like, I want to light myself on fire. Like that is right. the worst fucking feedback I can get. And Tear it apart. Like yeah. tell me that it sucks. Especially and, and early why. in the game. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Our, the thing that I think um, we both struggle with is always just kind of the promotion of the book because we don't really like to sell ourselves because uh, it's not about us. Um, but that is really how promotion is set up these days that it's really driven on the author's personality and we always just want the work to speak for itself so that's always kind of our struggle of being like how do we do this <laughs> how do we talk about it in a way that's meaningful without just so centering like us and our perspective on that because especially with food like it's such a personal thing for people and I hate setting up a comparison between myself and the person trying to cook the food at home or anybody else. I want you to feel like you are there with the book, like guiding you, not that you're trying to emulate anything about Matt or myself, not that we're worth emulating, but <laughs> um, I just think so often when it's a face on a cookbook, you, I, I at least I do, I get envious. I, I hated that shit. You know, I, I get jealous. I'm like, well, their their life is so lovely. Yeah, and this nice like they have kitchen, these beautiful they get, <laughs> yeah. Look at those pots and pans behind do them. You know, yeah. Do you know who the chef is? My friend Natalie cooks some of her recipes. Her name is Athena something. Uh-huh. Do you know like and her whole fucking life is so annoying to me. Yeah. I'm like, Jesus, you're clearly very fucking wealthy. Yeah. yeah. And your whole kitchen makes me sad. Yeah, and it just and it just distracts from <laughs> what I you know, the recipes could be amazing and it will it, it'll just distract me and But her food is great. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and I, I especially when times were tougher and I didn't have any money, like it was just so hard to find joy in the, the cooking that was so centered on somebody's life experience like that. Um, so when it comes to PR and stuff, that's where we have mm -hmm. our time. <laughs> but I think that, you know, to that point, I, th I think that the pandemic made us be a little bit more um, candid with our audience about our lives. Um, especially with our own podcast well, forked up podcast that, that you guys have been on um forked up yeah yeah um and now like we just recently in the last couple of months have pivoted to videos that's on youtube like people can like reach out and touch us and we're like very upfront about like the struggles that we have in our lives and like you know self-deprecation and like talking about mental health and like being on uh anxiety medication things like that so but like i think people people, people like responded that they're like oh shit these are like real it's not just like the silly fucking brand on instagram that i follow like but these are real people at the same time like we're I, i'm not shy in person but i am shy online mm -hmm. you know <laughs> and I, I i just never know how to balance those things uh but i don't think most people get into the kitchen to get on camera at least i didn't um not until anthony bourdain yeah made everyone think if you go to culinary school then you might be a celebrity. Yeah, you might have yeah. star quality. Right. And I, you know, it's just not something that necessarily brings me a lot of joy to mm -hmm. be on camera. So, yeah. th but it sounds like it fits right in with your brand, which is um, 
like omnivores. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like we all contain multitudes, whether it's like you want to be vegan for vegan for vegan Fucking for vegan. I hate that word. Or, oh, <laughs> multitudes. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's all right. No. I just um, like when people are like, oh, you guys are vegans. I'm like, shudder. Exactly. But but having gotten to know you and also having you uh, been more accessible online, it, it has that same feel to it. Like you're, you're omnivorous in your <laughs> brand and putting yourself out there as well instead of just letting the food be so forward that we don't know anything about you. Yeah. I like that a lot. Oh, thanks. thanks. I mean, it's a balance we're trying to strike um, and I'll always get shy again and then be like, don't look, please. <laughs> don't look at me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just look at the role, but uh, we're, we're trying. Were, I don't know. You have nice skin. Oh, well, thank well, you. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, know, I think people Already get do. mad. I think people get mad when they're like, you're not even fucked up looking. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like... like how dare you? <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, I got all my teeth, you know. Yeah, uh, people want us to be uggos. <laughs> but, and like, that. You are, whoever you're responding to in the comments, you avoid. Yeah. Yeah. That, that like gap about like who, who we were, like as our, the first trilogy came out, like people were filling in the gaps and they, they were making up crazy shit. They were like, oh, Matt and Michelle, this rich married couple and live in Hollywood. It's like, number one, not only are we not married or not together at all, like this yeah. is, purely platonic but like hollywood yeah. how, first of all people who say hollywood are like people who don't live in la yeah because if you <laughs> if you live in la hollywood's a gutter yes. it is a <laughs> shit neighborhood yeah so like when people like ted cruz like all oh, these hollywood elites i'm like who <laughs> the fuck? hollywood sucks man it sucks like say say that we live in like fucking silver lake or something like that where some young, young yuppies but like yeah, yeah, it's it's a yuppies, very that's such an old word. I know, but it's like it's a very disconnected way of describing people from LA. It's like all oh, these Hollywood people. But then like another thing yeah, about that is that 10 million people were not all Tom Cruise. Hollywood is like that weird term that the right loves to use just for anything that's progressive. Yeah. Like recently when the Superman came out and they were like, "Oh, he's bisexual now. Hollywood has destroyed it." And it's like that's a comic book. That's nothing to do with yeah. fucking Hollywood. Yeah. yeah. Weirdos. Also, he's an alien. Yeah. yeah. Like you don't you think he has to be heterosexual because he's a fucking alien. Yeah, your, your suspension <laughs> of disbelief about this world yeah. and his superpowers and him yeah. being a fucking alien yeah. has somehow you've narrowed down his sexuality? Are yeah. you, what? No, it's like when people are like, Santa has to be white. I was like, Santa's not real. He could be anything. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck are yeah. you talking about? Yeah, Santa could be fucking Cthulhu. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, more, more likely, in fact. Yeah. Um, Everyone needs to chill out. But, but like another dig, it was just like that we were rich and i'm like oh yeah like, I, was, I, just, I was volunteering at the grocery store yeah and like <laughs> i was right I, I was a production assistant i was clearing 600 dollars a week and that was like before taxes so like <laughs> 375 400 like you know what i mean so when people people call us rich and i was like damn we worked really hard in the first book to talk about our backgrounds. People just completely <laughs> fucking ignore that. But so we're trying to be a little bit more forward facing, but uh, it goes against every instinct in my little human body. Yeah. Yeah. But your intro for this one yeah. calls out a lot of bullshit going on in the world right now. I Thank mean, you. calling it Brave New Meal, I, I get it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and uh, I, I don't. I don't I don't like the word gutsy. I just appreciate that you're like there's a lot of food waste out here. Yeah. This is a huge problem. Can we like if we have this platform, let's talk about these things. It's crucial. Especially especially with like food entertainment. I hate seeing like conspicuous consumption stuff like you know, I don't know how many fucking rainbow foods we can see, how, how many like gold flake things we can see. It's just like 
I don't know. Yeah, just, if your neighbors aren't eating, but you're sprinkling gold on your steak, like what are what the fuck are we doing? It's yeah, crazy that everyone's mad at Salt Bay for like some extraordinary bill when it's like, no, the food is terrible and that's all wasted. It's actually not even about a thirty-two thousand pound bill. It's yeah. about that the food didn't get eaten and also sucks and what? Yeah, but, and but, but and he, the quality of the meal isn't reflected in his ability to find, you know, funding and all of these things. And we still value it. It's because if it's grammable, that's more important than if it's tasty and it's not nourishing people. Um, and especially in a city like LA when it's so much food insecurity and so many people experiencing um, homelessness, it's like how... It would be immoral to operate a brand here and never kind of discuss the downsides to the food industry. And we know we, you know, we've done food styling for other brands. Mm -hmm. We've been on shoots. We know how other cookbooks are written and um, all the food gets wasted. incredible (laughs) amount of food waste. We were shocked. Are they like written by committee and then they get the snapshot of the fettuccine and dump it in a thing? So just, just like. Like right off the top, like when someone gets a book, and this isn't always the case, but more often than not, especially like older books. Yeah. And it's like celebrity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're not really there except for maybe one or two days with the photographer photographing them in the kitchen, taking a bite of food or or like rolling a, you know, fucking dough out or something like that. There's someone else who's coming up with the recipe development, kind of ghost writing the actual recipes. And then there's like usually another writer who's like filling in all like the stories and they kind of follow around the talent. So they kind of get a sense of their life and, you know, they, they fill in those gaps. And then you have multiple photographers, you have a bunch of editors, there's at least a dozen people on set. But then like they what, do a couple shoot, like a, a shoot week or yeah. multiple shoot weeks where it's people cooking all the food at the same time. And then, the you know, and then they're taking all the photos but they've hired the food photographer so it's just really for that short window so you'll notice it's like the same backgrounds the same plates and all the stuff over and over again because they're just churning it out yeah notice right under camera notice like thumb through like i don't know and it's not even celebrities like you we know, don't have to sh- name like any chefs. yeah yeah, yeah no, <laughs> i'll gladly name them like, I, don't give a, I don't give a fuck um yeah uh, but like you notice if they're wearing the same shirt, if their hair looks the same, like look, look and see if this feels like the same day. Cause chances are that it probably is. But, but yeah, then all that food just goes in the garbage, you know, and they made like s- several dishes yeah, they, of it too. They'll buy like four times more than they need. And it's usually just thrown away. And we were, when we got into this industry, we were fucking shocked because Michelle and I like make everything we're like one or one dish sometimes we have a backup if it's something is time sensitive like you're pouring like a glaze over something so it's like yeah or like the pancakes yeah mm-hmm. but then oh, that's a sexy photo oh thank you <laughs> pancakes, but then like I, I we'll, figured, we'll eat it <laughs> my favorite thing about that pancakes is that i finally fucking wisened up after years of trying to shoot pancakes and it not like turning out exactly how we wanted it and we put the fucking syrup in the freezer so, so it's a slow drip. So it's still yeah. viscousy, but it comes out slower and you get those sexy drips. And I was like, oh, I'm a genius. <laughs> <laughs> like every, everything awesome. that we, we've done has been like self-taught. Like Michelle's not a chef. Yeah. Like she didn't go to culinary school. Like I, I'm a photographer, but no, like I fucking YouTube university, man. Like, <laughs> like didn't nobody teach me. Like I've, I've apprenticed it for other photographers, but it's not been food photographers. Yeah. So like the food styling, things like that. Well, well, and all of our food uh, goes from, you know, my kitchen to right under Matt's lens. So that's yeah. awesome. It's also great to hear that that syrup in this picture isn't rubber cement. Yeah. Or yeah. Something, you <laughs> no, know it's, it's all real food. No, yeah. yeah. There's no glue. No, like no, no tricks. No, none of that shit. The it's all real. most we do um, with our food photography is I have like a 
a spray bottle of water. So it's a fine mist to keep it looking moist. I'll do that to the produce and stuff too. That's about it. Cause it still keeps it edible. Cause we're going to eat it. Yeah. Yeah. Or if there's like a beer can in the shot, we'll spray the side of it. So it looks like condensation on the outside, but like, yeah, that's just being professional. Yeah. That's like, you know, you're crafting a vibe, you know, that's what we are. We're vibe crafters. (laughs) 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 Fucking kill me. If we ever call ourselves vibe crafters. (laughs) It's like an offshoot of Lynn's crafters. I need to go. Like, I need to go by that URL. BRB. Yeah, because yeah. vibe. Because yeah. vibe. Exactly. <laughs> we saw a Lynn's crafters commercial where the tagline was "Because sight," and Mary Jane lost her top. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean take her top off. I, mean, like, her Sorry. <laughs> I think it's blue. My top, right? Blue. Yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> it. You, you can lose it too. I did lose yeah. it. Though. Yeah, I oh. truly did. <laughs> Damn these fucking taglines. Oh man, I want to talk about your podcast. Too. Oh, it's so fucking fun. Oh, oh thanks. And I was just listening to it and laughing so fucking hard at hot soda. <laughs> what disgusting vile a reeking, crimes against food. A reeking smatch. A reeking smatch. Yeah. Which is a hot soda that really existed that you dug up in your food history yeah. segment. Disgusting. Disgusting. Guys, there's clams involved. There's a hot clam soda. <laughs> hot clam soda. Yeah. I would had, never have known about it unless I'd listened to They had to one up. that was uh, hot beef. Uh, and then they had a, a variation that there was a hot beef with a tomato soda. Yeah. And the price doubled on that, which is fascinating because you're like, oh, so the tomato's more than the beef that you're putting into it. <laughs> Yeah. And that, when is this? Nineteen twenties. Uh, it was uh, the hot sodas were popular from like the nineteen thirteen to like the forties. Yeah, yeah, through the depression. Yeah, through carried it, carried yeah. it through the depression. Clam water, hot soda, <laughs> disgusting guys. It's disgusting stuff. Forked up every week. Yeah. <laughs> it's so fucking good to just track the evolution of so many things through your food history segment, and then oh, you're so you. funny. And it's oh, just thanks. So great to tune in, and now you're we can watch you as well and look at you in your beautiful studio with your <sighs> your decor. And yeah, it's, <laughs> I lost my mind, guys. I really put a lot of spider webs up, and now Matt is convinced. That it's being colonized by real spiders. <laughs> I, I opened the studio this morning to like get our podcast equipment out, and I like legit walked through one of those massive spider webs. I don't, I don't know. It was not one of the fake ones. It was by the front door, so that was a real spider web. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, we do. We love, fucking love doing our podcast. It's it's like every week we are like, oh, like, are we being too like educational? Is there too much like? We try to balance it out. Um, Michelle has her food segment history. I have total recall where like until I was doing total recall, we have like three or four recalls of food per day in this fucking country. Isn't that weird? It's crazy. And we only hear about the big ones. Right. Like that has to be like metric fucking tons. Where people die and shit. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Right. Um, so like, yeah, we try to balance it out that it's like half of it's comedy, half of it's like sort of edutainment. Um, and now, yeah, now that we've like pivoted video, we're trying to use more like video elements, uh, we have a segment called Talk Buster Video where it's like just fucking chaos of like food on the internet. But I don't, I refuse to, like those conspicuous consumption videos. I just absolutely refuse. People send that shit to us. I'm like, nah, we're They're not. like, oh, look at this, you know, pizza yet. made with big beans on top. I'm like, I will not. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because that's what you want. You want it too bad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to look at it. I hate that stuff. Yeah. Oh, don't get me started. Like, because my TikTok, I'm trying to change it right now because mm-hmm. I'm getting all that bullshit. Yeah. And I yeah. want, I want like dope recipes made by people who care, not some like clickable nonsense that makes me sad. Yeah, but that's exactly. the the algorithms reward that though. The cl- the clickable bullshit, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's a shame. It like is. it's yeah. 
Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> How do we fight it? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I have a another book question. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Okay. How do y'all feel about the M dash? Oh. Are I, you fans of it? Because Mary Jane was helping me with something this morning and I kept going back and forth between a comma and an M dash and I almost jumped out a window. Okay. <laughs> I li- I like an M dash when your instinct is to put it in parentheses. Oh, okay. you know what I mean. So All it's right. like I—I I feel like it's more of an aside, where a comma is, you know, in a list, or it's kind of more—it's it, a part of the larger thought. Um, we actually we started a newsletter recently. And we used an M dash in our subscribers only. That's right. Like, if you want to see some fancy punctuation, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> for real. That's why I noticed. Like you have like you have words capitalized in yeah. here. Where I was like, oh my gosh, is that allowed? Like. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, there's no semicolons in this book, I'm guessing. Um, no, there is a this, semicolon this or two. Oh, yeah. I is. do. All right. Y'all, I went to grad school. That's traditional. I, I feel, I feel I like, like an Oxford comma, too. Oh, yeah. yeah I love an Oxford yeah. comma. <laughs> so confusing without it. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. No, I, I like an M dash when I'm like, I feel like it's like I'm talking shit. You know, uh-huh. just like as an aside. And by so, the way, yeah, yeah. So, bananas yeah. are all clones yeah. anyway. Listen, listen, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I bet you didn't know that shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you write out all of the um, like instructions and all of those things first and then you go for a let's make it funny pass yeah. or do you is that how you do it? Yeah, mm-hmm. usually um, unless there's some kind of commentary I, I had specifically with myself. While I was cooking, or I was like, "You dumb bitch! You're gonna think you burn it. Stay, stay with it. Don't yeah, worry." It is. It is kind of like, yeah, it's like writing it in a sort of so like people who are unfamiliar with our, our our brand is that we incorporate swear words and like funny imagery, like you know, with our language, well, and just, yeah, and realistic stuff. Yeah. Um. So I feel a lot of people at first blush are like, "Oh, it's just like swear words and like you know." plant-based food like that's all it is and it's like no we're like we use ten dollar words in there y- y'all just haven't looked <laughs> yeah fuck like, might be my favorite but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i know plenty more thank you very much um but yeah like i i was testing myself to try and write jokes without swear words to try and not like go full blue um or, or i oh, guess okay. or against what is it Ant- not blue not blue yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 um but like it's it's just like is the joke funny enough is like a swear word adding or taking away well and i think there's something about the juxtaposition of cooking and swearing because we all swear in our kitchen for sure even your grandmother did like there's no like she burnt the garlic bread like fucking like she's saying some shit to herself yeah anybody who's worked in a profession you worked in a fucking <laughs> pizzeria didn't you yeah man yeah like sure how many fucking swear words are flying out of the kitchen uh at the customers <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. For sure. yeah. yeah but uh so i think it's more I, I think it's more honest to write that way actually in a cookbook than it is to make it uh too highfalutin yeah in my opinion and i i love when uh we get content from like librarians mm-hmm. or people my favorite is when um people will give the book to like their grandmother and the and they're like oh read this cookbook and the grandma starts reading it and they're like, stop. And they're like, what? What is this? Like, but, <laughs> but then, then they start, but then like they start, naughty they start chuckling is- because they're like, how is this in a cookbook? You know? And yeah. it's like, it's really sweet and endearing. It's like, yeah, it lets you kind of let your hair down a little bit. It's not so stuffy. Yeah. You know, you know? who loves swearing? Old people. Yeah. Oh, yeah they, they fucking do. love it. Yeah. <laughs> My grandmother used to get so fucking excited by telling the one dirty limerick that she knew every goddamn holiday. She would like stand up and say it. It <gasps> ended with a very bad word. <laughs> <laughs> that I don't even know if I can say on here. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Hold on. I'm like, 
<laughs> come on our show and tell that joke. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> come come drop, a, drop a hard C. Yeah, we don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, she was old as fuck and it was great. Oh, it's yeah. even funnier then. Yeah, I love when we, we post shit on YouTube and YouTube's like, hey, you need to remove this or we're going to demonetize. I'm like, fuck it, demonetize it. The content stays. <laughs> <laughs> fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man! You have two double newsletter action too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we have a, a uh, subscribers newsletter and then a supporters newsletter. So you pay five dollars a month, um, you get uh, access to bonus recipes, recipes that won't exist on anywhere else other than in the newsletter, behind the scenes stuff. Um, we just did one about food and fiction because I'm a big reader, so talking about some of my favorite books as of late that feature food, um, which are. So many, and then it just makes me hungry. Yeah, the, the whole project, yeah, all our projects make me hungry. It's the boiler room. Yeah, yeah is the name of the uh, newsletter. And yeah. So we have uh, the free one goes out Saturday mornings, and then we have the um, supported one goes out Sunday mornings. Yeah, and you can uh, sign up at badmanners.substack.com, or it's at the top of our website, which is just badmanners.com. Hit or, newsletter, or you can just go to theboilerroom.com. Oh, that's true. Yeah, we oh, just oh, wait a we just bought that. <laughs> <laughs> We love to buy URLs. Just snapping it up, <laughs> making the empire happen. Yeah, yeah. We, have, we have like a chaotic fucking back catalog of URLs. That's fantastic. Yeah. I just got a notification that one of my URLs was being renewed and I don't remember buying oh. it. It was a pandemic buy. It's empathetic. Okay. <laughs> All right. Empathetic. And yeah. I think it was about feeling ambiguous and also empathetic at the uh-huh. same. i don't even know what the fuck i bought it for i mean listen those were all of 2020 was a fever dream yep <laughs> <laughs> a lot of choices were made yeah, yeah. that was a late night very edible doubt choice oh my god there's so i so many notebooks where i'm looking I'm like oh yes oh that was 2 a.m on a tuesday in the middle of the panty yeah. uh, <laughs> there's no other reason i would have written this out yeah <laughs> Yeah, what's that saying? Um, right, right, right. Drunk, edit drunk, sober. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll look at like our drafts. I'm like, who the fuck wrote this joke? <laughs> and I look at it. I'm like, oh, I did. When was this? Oh, last Sunday morning at fucking four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Like, <laughs> delete that. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, we haven't really seen you guys since. How um, the fuck have y'all been? Wo- yeah, how the world's changed. <sighs> fuck up, up and down. Yeah. Mike, can I say real quick, dude? You are so fucking funny. Thanks. Your dude. your stand up. So when when did I see you? Like six weeks ago, two months ago? Yeah, when it, right before you left town. Yeah, whatever that was. Yeah, thank yeah. you, man. Thank you. That's um, awesome. You, I mean, a lot of lot of great comedians in that lineup. But you were you were hands down the funniest. Yeah, and then this fucker's texting me. He's like, "Guess who I saw?" I'm like, <laughs> "What?" <laughs> I'm just alone with my cats. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you, I would come over and perform for that. Like, yeah. I'm very desperate for attention. So. I will um, make snacks. Dude, yeah. Thank you so much. That means a ton. And um, yeah. Oh, and Mary Jane, you're killing it at Rolling Stone. Just every other day, I'm seeing news alerts for stories you wrote. Thank you so much. It's been really cool to work on some stuff. That, yeah, reporting some stuff that feels... Yeah, bigger yeah. than I've worked on for other publications. Well, and I just, I love because I, I'm coming across it in the wild, not mm-hmm. through your yeah. promotion. You know what I mean? Oh, like, nice. And so then I see it and I'm like, oh, hold on, wait. I'll, do, <laughs> I'll see shit in our Twitter feed and I'll click on it and I'll start reading it without like reading like the byline or anything. And I'm like, sounds like Mary Jane. This is Mary Jane. <laughs> like send it to Michelle. I'm like, look at her. Yeah, yeah look at her go. Look yeah. at her go. Uh, you guys are fucking good and cool and great. Oh, come on. Y'all, 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 are, y'all are fucking crushing it. You're making her hold her arm. I'm holding my arm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, yeah. I want to know. Uh, I, I can go on forever, and I look at the clock. And oh, we can go. I got time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, because we're also watching the Great British Bake Off uh-huh. new season right mm-hmm. now. Are you, have you watched? I haven't started yet. Okay, so there's a, a young cook baker on it named Freya, mm-hmm. and she Freya, is Freya, mm-hmm. and she is doing everything for vegan recipes. Oh, is this awesome. the worst girl? Uh, no, is she a horse girl? I don't. Know. A horse girl? Yeah, yeah I think there's, there's some a, there contestant is one on a horse. Oh yeah, no, she is riding a horse on a beach at one point. Yes, you're right. Okay. Yeah. All right. I just wanted to. So the, yeah, in the, the di- in the discourse of like <laughs> uh-huh. vegans, I just okay. Are we talking? I get to your question. I, I we might be talking about the same person. Yeah, horse girl vegan. I think so. Baker? Yeah. Yeah. I, there's probably only one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I love seeing it go more mainstream. Like I've been vegan. A really since 2003 so you know a hot minute um and you know back then people didn't know how to say it people didn't know what the fuck it meant and i mean still you get that but it's it's night and day and so it's so lovely when anything not totally insane about vegans <laughs> gets well, any kind of national attention and that's the best part of watching it is that they're judging the the bake for if it's delicious, if yeah. it's what they're looking for. There's no cheap jokes that are hack bullshit about yeah. vegan. Like, yeah, yeah, it yeah. is just, and they're also letting her compete with everybody else. And there's no, um, like, they're not giving anyone more or less of an edge. It's just like, can you bake delicious food? Yeah. And is it what we're looking for? And that's the best. Well, and that's what I, I, I want food to be judged on. Like, is it good? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, does it happen to be vegan? That's fantastic. Yeah, this broccoli, <laughs> I keep opening the Broccoli Rob yeah. page, and I'm like, that's my, my favorite f- bed. Yeah, I that's love like one of my favorite that. recipes in the new book. When you go to New York for your book signing yes. in uh, Union Square, Barnes & Noble, I imagine? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, will you go to 11 Madison Park? Honestly? Are you interested? Do you think it's a gimmick? I do think it's a gimmick. Okay. I, we, we both have conflicted feelings about this. Unless somebody has a... History of cooking delicious vegetables. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to not trust them with vegetables because you. I, I can tell when somebody's cooked food that they like to eat. Mm-hmm. And I can tell when they've cooked food to check a box. And I'm like, oh, why would you think I want, I want this? Like, why would you? Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes there are chefs who you don't have really meat-heavy restaurants who do have a love of vegetables. And you can tell by the sides that they have on their menus and all the other things because they didn't start doing it recently. Like Ottolenghi. Yeah, and, exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah, amazing. I'm, I'm not saying that people who cook mainly meat or stuff can't cook vegetables, but there is a difference of people who like to eat vegetables and people who don't like to eat that way. Yeah. And... um. If you're just, first of all, the menu is extraordinarily overpriced. I understand that you're trying to get a specific clientele, but if you give me a hollow out zucchini with like quinoa in it and you're charging me $45 for that fucking course, like you can eat a dick. Number one. <laughs> yeah, number two, the price yeah, is Yeah, like yeah. I, I, where is the value? Because it wasn't in time and it wasn't in like creative recipe development. Like I, honestly. I can't stand when I go to a restaurant and the vegan option is just as expensive as the non-vegan option, sometimes more. That shit drives me. I'm like, you're overhead. But, but on like, this I want to see, like, lower. show me the value then. Show yeah. me the value. Um, or do something really inventive and crazy. But uh, I, I just don't think that they are the leaders in the vegetable cooking world. And um, I feel like they really just like tried to vault themselves to that position. And I don't think uh, the work was there. That's just me. 
Yeah. Okay. Maybe there's, I'll change there, my mind. There's a lot of like. You um, want to call it my meal? I'll see. I'll be so, honest. There's a lot of self hoisting. <laughs> I'll eat crow if it's vegan. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Also, I mean. We, oh, sorry. But like you also, when, when you talk about the overpriced, this is the first time I've thought of um, eating vegan food as being a wealthy experience mm-hmm. like and when if i went to a restaurant and i had to choose between something that's like 40 dollars and vegan and like 28 dollars and not i'm gonna hit that 28 dollars yeah, thing sure. every single time and that shouldn't it's, have to be that way the, the, this is a side what we're currently talking about right now is a side of veganism that we have been railing against since our first book since before the first book when we created the website that we were like plant-based diets should not be elitist they should not be expensive they should be accessible food should be democratized and like michelle was beans saying and rice guys beans and rice yeah <laughs> most countries around the world who are uh, impoverished or they're, they're vegetarians because of the culture like these are these are dishes well, that are like everybody has been, their version of beans and rice yeah, yeah it's just been part of the culture for fucking a millennia you know mm-hmm. like only in the last hundred years or so have we become so centric on like having an animal product in every single fucking meal and it is the center of of the dish but and in, in, in this country without the subsidies that our government provides the meat and dairy industry like we couldn't afford to continue to eat like this yeah it'd be tr- like triple what it costs in the restaurant um, there's no way yeah and so it is frustrating when we see vegan entrees where i'm like Guys, for real, you're gonna. This is like a curry with rice, and everything else on your menu is 150. Like, why are you charging me? Like, this is a rice and spices you already had because I can see them in your other entrees. Like, where's the overhead? Speaking of spices, (laughs) that's another thing that pisses me off. Since we're talking about what grinds my gears, (laughs) is I fucking hate. When I go to a restaurant and I'm like, oh, like, do you guys have like any plant based options? Because like I'm looking at the menu and it's just like they don't have anything, and they just outright are like, no. I every time, every single time, I'm like, yes, you do. You're just telling me we don't take anything off menu. Like your whoever's well, you in be, whoever's in your kitchen. People. No, I don't want to be a pain in the ass. But whoever's in your kitchen can grab some fucking veggies, season them, saute them. I don't give a shit. Like, <laughs> like I'm not I'm not picky. Right. You know, mm-hmm. y'all have grains back there. I know that y'all have non-dairy creamer and all, all the other things. Like, you have those ingredients. You're just telling me that whoever's in your kitchen, you don't have enough faith in them to do I that. I mean, I just think vegetable literacy should be a bigger part of modern culinary programs. How many fucking more cookbooks do we need that, that are like, 101 ways <laughs> to mean, cook chicken? You're like, who gives a shit? <laughs> every like, place, everyone has one or two chicken recipes. Every place doesn't need to have a vegan option, but people need to get more comfortable, you know, cooking vegetables. Like this isn't the 1950s anymore. Like we can, we can do some shit. Like every, everybody should be encouraging greater vegetable consumption. It's better for the planet. It's better for us. Like it's only wins. Just fuck it. Spices are vegan. Like (laughs) use them. Yeah. Yeah, It doesn't have to be little cubes of carrot and little frozen peas. that are in Like a compartment on a like TV dinner. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to have boiled Brussels sprouts. We're way past that as a society. Thank Jesus. Yeah. (laughs) Because that's what I grew up on. Holy fuck. Boiled liver and boiled Brussels sprouts. I mean, listen. Yeah. I left left home at 16. No joke. Did you leave your farts behind? No. It took me a few more years to figure that out. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, dude, my grandma, she used to eat cow's tongue all the time. Yeah, I had tongue sandwiches sent to school with oh me. I was God. not popular, guys. I can't imagine. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine. Super not cool. Yeah, yeah. I was just a giant. I was a huge child. And I was like the only redhead. So everyone's like, who the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm a lot. <laughs> I want to get baby pictures of all of us to put up with this. Episode. Let's do it. Yeah, Good. done and done. Want to wrap up? Yeah. Sure. Let's do it. Let's do it. Right. November 9th. November 9th. Yeah. Everywhere books are sold. Pre-order online. Yes, please. And then you get a free ebook if you oh, go to our website. Vice in, House. Yeah. Um, it's a ebook we wrote. It's 15 new recipes that don't exist anywhere else. And it's all Southern food like Texas Ice Houses. So we got hush puppies in there. We have um, a Dr. Pepper braised jackfruit barbecue sandwich, which is Fucking ridiculous. So, Whoa. So like, yeah, so like real quick, like, so uh, in Texas, I don't know if you guys are familiar with ice houses. Do y'all know what those are? No. Yeah, most people don't. Um, Picture a roadhouse. It's it's like a roadhouse, but they they essentially started because they would have these giant blocks of ice that the neighboring community, everybody would go there and they buy their ice for the week and they put it in their deep freezer and that's, that was before refrigerators, you know? So... Um, ice houses were trying to keep people there. So they started selling like bags of chips and sodas and stuff like that. And so a whole food culture emerged. Yeah. 7-Eleven actually started as an ice house in Texas. Mm -hmm. So like they became convenience stores, but then because people like wanted like real food, they had these like short order kitchens where they were like, we'll make burgers and fries and things like that. But because it was Texas centric, it was all Southern food. Yeah, it's like Southern mixed with Mexican food. You know, just like very unique kind of cuisine in Texas. Yeah, and I grew up on ice houses and I love ice house food. So when we created the ebook as like a pre-order incentive, uh, I was trying to describe to Michelle well, my, my <laughs> like, a, like a pulled pork sandwich. Well, you know? no. <laughs> yeah, right. like, my dad's from Oklahoma. My mom's from North Carolina. Like I'm no stranger to Southern food myself. And so it was really nice to have Matt have a, an experience of a slightly different cuisine. And then we just kind of mashed up family recipes and things like that to come up with this ebook vice house and that is available if you pre-order a book just go onto our website you put your information in and where you pre-ordered it and you get the whole ebook and it has cocktails it has mm-hmm. desserts it has a bunch of it's 15 different recipes and that's for free um just as a thank you yeah. for supporting us so just uh, uh an ice house to solve vegetables vice house <laughs> Come on. It wrote itself. Yeah. Fuck. Yes, I have a dream of getting super fucking high with you guys. Yes. <laughs> and making some of your recipes and then, I don't know, maybe serving them to you. That would be weird. But I would love for no, us to all hang out and for us to cook <laughs> and get high and hang. Uh, look, don't look at me like I'm, I'm might looking, be against it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Mike's the Not reason it has been against it. I need an affirmative. People always are like, oh, would it be weird to cook you your food? I was like, "Not. you're like guaranteed I would, I would that I like it. I fucking love that. <laughs> I wrote the recipe. I'm into it. <laughs> yeah, like when I'm when I'm around friends and family. Like when I went to Texas to see my family, and I, I like get there, and it's like eleven o'clock at night. And they're like, "Hey, so what's for dinner?" I'm like, "Do you have groceries here?" <laughs> I just walked in the door. I don't even got my knife roll unpacked. Like, fuck. Yeah. Could you imagine if you're like a CPA, and every time you hang out with people, they're like, "Hey, by the way, just like before you leave, can you do my taxes?" Yeah, yeah. Right. it's just like fuck off with that, man. Oh, you're it's a doctor. Like, Could you look at this mall? Real yeah. Quick? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's like, no. we're going to hang out. It's like, oh, you, you do you mind if I do your taxes this time? Like, I would love for you to do my taxes. <laughs> fucking, I'd love that. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. well, it was so nice to see you guys. Thanks for having us back. We really appreciate it. Fucking great to hang out with you. And please, let's hang out and get high and eat food uh, off pot. It's, it's, Very it's a lifestyle. Real soon. Yeah. Awesome. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Later, y'all.